Welcome to the Healthy and Wealthy and Wise podcast with global sales trainer and professional speaker, Lois Kofi. Each week, it is her goal to share inspiration and education for you to be, do, have the best health and wealth and wisdom for your life. Well, hello, everyone, and happy Friday to those of you who are tuning in live. This is Lois Kofi with another episode of Healthy and Wealthy and Wise. And I'm super excited today because we are going to be talking a lot about mental health. And my passion for that is is vast. I've had guests on uh, back in September. We did suicide awareness, all of the all of the things that go along with that. And it's really important for me to share more guests ongoing, especially as we head into the holiday season, right? And there's seasonal affective disorder. There's all these things that impact salespeople and entrepreneurs and business owners. And and juggling all the things is what I'm passionate about sharing and helping you guys realize you're not alone and healthy and wealthy and wise community is here to support you so just a couple of quick announcements Mm. before i bring in our um, amazing guest speaker if you see value in this um, please share this with your facebook community just hit hit the share button if you're watching this live or if you're watching it on the replay and if you're watching live please go ahead and comment below hashtag live where are you tuning in from and then if you're seeing this or listening to this rather on iTunes, you know, again, we, we appreciate you sharing this with your community because this message is going to be very, very powerful um, today. Uh, I will go ahead. I'm just going to because I want to get to our guests right away. I'm, I'm not going to make too many other announcements other than just reminding you guys about my list build course. Um, everybody I've been talking to about that. That's happening right now. Um, it's free. It's my gift to you to my community to again help you be healthy and wealthy and wise. But let's go ahead and I'm going to introduce our guest today. Um, I met Jenny, gosh, I can't remember if it's been two years now or one now. Yeah. Yeah. It was a networking group back when you can meet people (laughs) in networking groups. So I'm excited because she's the founder and executive director of Growing Out of Darkness. And she's the author of an amazing book called Growing Through Grief. And Man, Jenny has had a powerful story. She lost her dad to suicide. She's gone through her own mental struggles, as have I. And she has turned that into an amazing opportunity to help her daughter uh, from, you know, go from suicidal thoughts to thriving. And, and we really want you guys to listen today as those business owners, entrepreneurs, salespeople, moms, dads, sisters, brothers, you know, how do you keep going? How do you run a business when there are mental health issues, whether it's directly impacting you or indirectly impacting you, that's that's a huge thing. And I see it all the time, Jenny, where it actually, you know, impedes um, progress for so many business owners. So I'm excited for you to take yeah. it take it from here, share your story, and then okay. we'll we'll wrap about all all the other good stuff. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for having me here today, Lois. It's great to see you again, and and it's an honor to share this message with um, with your viewers and the community. Um, yeah, let me start by saying that uh, you know no one chooses to go into the mental health world. I think willingly, right? It's it's a calling, and and oftentimes it's it's due to experiences that we've lived through. And for me, I was really introduced into this world 21 years ago when I lost my dad to suicide. And, you know, I was 20 years old at the time. I was getting my degree in psychology. And for me, I didn't just lose my dad, 
right? He just wasn't, he wasn't just a person in my life. He was my favorite human being on earth. And um, when he died, nothing made sense to me because the stigma that's associated with mental health really wasn't a reflection of who he was. So when I went back to school, once I was able to you know, get myself together and go back to school, I really invested a lot of time and energy. I went to each of my professors and, and explained to them that I'd lost my dad and I needed to understand what happened to him. It was really important to me. Um, and so they pushed me in ways that really sucked sometimes. I'm not going to lie. I mean, for anyone who's lost someone, whether it's, it's, you know, to suicide or any other death or even the death of a relationship, um, mm. healing is painful. Healing, you know, is that's, I, you know, the title of the book is called growing through grief. Um, you're growing, but it is, it is painful to go through that experience. And so, um, so yeah, my professors, they pushed me in different ways, had me do different assignments, introduced me to different modes of healing and therapy that I now look back and I'm so incredibly grateful for those opportunities. Um, after I graduated from college, I went on to become a crisis counselor and a public educator on suicide prevention. And um, I did that both in California and in Minnesota. And amazingly, even with all of that training, five years after I lost my dad, I was pregnant with my first daughter. I missed all of my own signs of postpartum depression and I became suicidal. And, um, you know, and so for me, when I got back into this work, um, you know, I've, my daughter's now almost 17. And so um, when I was able to get back into this work a few years ago, it was really important to me that I share my message, right? And that I talk about what I went through. And the fact is that even though I was a trained crisis counselor, I missed all the signs because my brain wasn't working correctly. You know, I wasn't okay. I thought I was just a new mom who was really tired and carrying a lot of guilt, you know? Um, but I was fortunate that because my husband came home one day and he, he found me sitting in the dark with our daughter and he asked me what was going on. And, um, and I simply looked up at him with tears in my eyes. And before I even knew I was speaking, I just said, I'm scared I'm going to die. And, um, and that's when, you know, he looked at me and, and I can tell you that as difficult as it was to lose my dad, I now realize that his death was one of my greatest blessings because it saved my life. Um, my husband was there when I lost my dad and he knew everything I'd been through. And he knew that one of the ways that I had healed from losing my dad, I, I had actually begun having panic attacks after I lost my dad. And one of the ways that I managed that was actually through acupuncture. Um, and so that was my first introduction into holistic healing was, was going that route. And, um, and so when my husband realized that I was suicidal, one, he knew to take me serious because I'd lost my dad and he knew how to get me help. And so, um, so he arranged for me to get acupuncture once a week. And, and I'll say, you know, acupuncture is not a cure-all for everyone. And, um, and it's not a quick fix. It was something that I went through for months with a combination of herbs. But I will say that I was able to actually heal. I didn't just mask the symptoms. I didn't just cover it up. Um, I truly healed. And so much so that three years later, when I was pregnant with my second daughter, 
my doctor had told me that if you have postpartum depression with one pregnancy, you'll have it with each one after that, and it will get worse with each one. <laughs> oh, wow. So I'm going to say right now, I am not anti-medication. Medication has a time and place. However, I am not one to take antidepressants, and I will explain why, and that is because I lost my dad while he was on antidepressants. I have multiple family members who have attempted suicide while on antidepressants. I know enough about my body that if there is a side effect written on a bottle, I will experience it, you know? Yep. And so if that side effect says suicide, I'm not willing to take that chance, you know? So for me, that wasn't an option. So when my doctor was pushing and wanting me to get on antidepressants, I just, I refused. And, but what I did do, I didn't ignore the fact that I'd had mental issues in the past. I didn't ignore the fact that I was at high risk. So I went to my acupuncturist and I made sure to get acupuncture through my entire pregnancy. And for me that worked and it was so well, um, it worked so well for me that I actually had my second daughter and didn't have a single day of postpartum depression. Um, but what I can tell you that I've learned over the years, it doesn't work for everybody, is that my daughter, who's now almost 17, um, two years ago, she attempted suicide. And she, um, she fought me on everything. And so here I am, like I've started this nonprofit focused on wellness, focused on ending the stigma, on educating people in mental health and educating them on, on different modes of healing. And my own child has attempted suicide, you know, I mean, it was just, it was earth shattering for so many reasons. Um, but I will say again, like I'm able to look at that experience and see the value and recognize that that moment has completely changed our lives for the better. Um, and the reason is because that when she attempted, it actually changed my perspective and how I was handling the situation. So for anyone out there who has a loved one, especially a child who's struggling with mental health, I think you can relate when I say, I was acting from a place of fear all the time. You know, it, for me, it was this, like, I was scared to go in and say good morning. I was scared to give her a hug. I was scared of proposing ideas and ways to help her feel better because everything she did was, you know, just this reaction of anger and frustration and disappointment and sadness. And, um, and so, you know, I'm, I was trying to help her, but, but it was all from a place of fear. And, and that the, the day after she attempted, I sat down with her. And I said, you know, Kaylee, I've realized my greatest fear isn't that you're going to die. I would be devastated, um, but I would know that your pain was over. I said, my greatest fear is actually that you're going to live a life of misery and that you're going to seek drugs and alcohol as a way to self-medicate. And I learned a long time ago making decisions based on fear never ends well. And yet that's all I've been doing. And I'm not going to do that anymore. Right. I want you to live a life you love. So I'm done fighting to simply keep you alive. I am going to fight for you to live a life you love. And a beautiful thing happened, not right away because she was still not well. Um, but over the course of a few months, mm -hmm. as her dad and I truly were engaging with her from a place of love and a place of compassion, she started to recognize we weren't just simply trying to keep her alive. We weren't just scared that she might die. We truly wanted her to, to exist in this happy and beautiful life. 
And she told me that one day she realized that she had been fighting the wrong thing, that she had spent all this time and energy fighting us because she was so frustrated when really she needed to be fighting the darkness inside of her. And when she made that shift, like when her perspective changed, that's when everything changed. And so, so yeah, so I now have a daughter who is 17 and is very aware of her mental health and she's a mental health advocate in her own right. She's gotten up on stages and shared her story and, and she's very outspoken in a, in a very strong, but safe way with her friends and with her peers about her experience. That's so awesome. Oh my gosh. There's so many things that we could unpack there. Um, and I, I want to acknowledge you for growing through all that and being so transparent. You're still figuring it out, right? We're, oh, we're yeah. all. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Every day. All... And even now, like she's doing great. She is, but that does not mean every day is sunshine and rainbows. You know, no. anyone who one has a teenager and two has experienced mental health struggles it's, it's not like a cold where you have it one day and the next day you're just like, I don't have that anymore. You know, um, I'm good and I'm over it. And maybe in some ways it is like a cold because it can come back, you know, or it's a new version. But, um, but yeah, it's, we have to be aware of our mental health. Mm hmm hundred percent. And, and I, um, I'm with you I, and I'm not a doctor. Um, I've had my own journey with suicidal thoughts yeah. and mental health. And I, I had, I grew up with a schizophrenic mother. And so I'm very, I share my journey. Acupuncture is actually one of the hugest things, naturopathic medicine. Um, mm -hmm. and I've lost seven friends to suicide and oh every God. single one of them were on antidepressants as well. And oftentimes they had just had a chain mm -hmm. in their antidepressants. So again, I'm like you, everybody's got to find their journey. There's, it's, it's like religion. There's not one for everyone. Right. Right. <laughs> you, right. You've got to have your own karmic journey. I would call it with figuring it out. And, yep. and, and every one of those deaths and losses that I had was like a reminder for myself. Why mm -hmm. self-care is so Absolutely. important. So I'd love to know, because this is something that I've been audited by. You know, I've, I've lost uh, six people, different things in the last 12 months myself that died mm -hmm. growing through grief has kind of been my year and yeah. um, having to slow down and really recognize and honor. That's a lot of grief. There's people out there who are grieving this pandemic, right? right. There's, there's people out there who may have lost someone to, to COVID or, or, or they've just lost their job or, and they feel like they're losing their mind because their, their income is down or, you know, they feel inadequate. Mm -hmm. I mean, so many different ways to grieve, right? To yeah. experience loss and grief. So I'd love to know, and I'm sure it's probably in your book too, but do you have any like standard tips that you give to someone um, other than I love what you said about coming from a place of, of love versus yeah. fear, even yeah. self-love, you got to love yourself first. Absolutely. But what other tips do you have from a self-care standpoint? Yeah. If someone's well, really struggling right now. One that a lot of people don't think of is stay hydrated, right? When we are grieving, we can actually become dehydrated just from crying. Wow. So make sure you're drinking plenty of water. Um, I think, you know, it's one of those I'm grieving right now. I'm grieving the, the pandemic is, is definitely been difficult for me. And, and Minnesota is actually going back into a four week lockdown starting tonight. And, and it's not even that I've been out gallivanting around, but it's the idea that I can't, right? Like 
I can't even go into Starbucks if I wanted to. Um, and so when, when we have that, um, you know, it's like, we feel like we've been imprisoned. So, so yeah, I mean, grief comes from a lot of different experiences. And, and I think for me, one of the, one of the big things that um, can come up with grief is, is anger and resentment and frustration. And I think when we can address that, and really it's about finding a place of forgiveness. And as you just said, you know, with self-love is um, one of the things that I learned many years ago was how to forgive, which we're really not taught how to forgive. And um, we're not taught self-care either. So we're not taught self-care. We're not taught self-love. We're not taught. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of of things we're not taught, but for me, one of the big ones was forgiveness and um, and it was interesting because I did, I wrote about this in the book and my experience with learning how to forgive really came from me needing to know how to forgive my mom for, for struggles that we had faced. And, um, and it was interesting because I've been given multiple books on forgiveness and my attitude at the end of each book was, okay, now someone needs to teach me how to forgive the author of this book, because basically they wrote a whole lot of stuff in here about forgiveness and then said, now sign up for my course or come see me live. And I was like, are you kidding me? Um, so I have come up, you know, with my own like process for forgiveness. And it really came from having children because I wanted to teach them how to forgive. And it starts by simply saying, I forgive you. And, and how often do we say those words? I forgive you. You know, a lot of times something can go wrong and people can apologize. And the normal response seems to be, that's okay, or don't worry about it. And it and it was really brought to my attention by my children because they, when they were in like first and second grade, um, I remember Kaylee came home one time and she was very upset because she had said, I forgive you to someone, or she had said, I'm sorry to someone, and they didn't say, I forgive you back. And so she didn't think they had forgiven her. And, um, you know, and so it's that like being aware of our words, our words are so important. So when we can actually say to someone, I forgive you and to recognize that just because we're forgiving someone doesn't mean that they were right. It just means, or that, that what happened didn't hurt. It just means we're letting go of it. Right. We don't need to hold on to that anymore. And sometimes when it's a really powerful thing that we need to let go of, For me personally, I have found that I need to ask for help. So whether you believe in God or karma or Buddha or whatever, there are some things that are just so big that I personally, it's like, okay, please just help me let go of this. Help me let go. Help me to forgive this person and respond to them from a place of love. Right. And what was interesting is I've had this this process for years now. But it was only a couple of days ago um, that I realized that every time I say a prayer, I ask God to help me forgive myself. So it's like, you know, forgive me for what I've done wrong and, and help me to learn and grow and help me to forgive myself and learn and grow. And I realized I've never forgiven myself, like actually said the words. And a couple of days ago, I did just that. I was in a really dark place, feeling very overwhelmed and frustrated and questioning, you know, choices that I've made and how it's impacted people in my life. And I just stopped in that moment. And I, and I just, I know it may sound crazy, but I said, Jenny, I forgive you. And I just sobbed 
I mean, completely cried. And then I listed out the things that I've been questioning of myself, you know, the, the things that I felt like I had failed at. And I listed them out and saying, I forgive you for, for not doing this or for, or for making this choice. But then it was this, I forgive you for holding on to it. I forgive you for feeling like you're a failure, you know, just like, I mean, it was just layers and layers of, of really addressing myself so that I could be at peace with myself. Cause I think it is almost impossible for us to truly be at peace with anyone else. If we're not at peace with ourselves first. Oh, yeah. That's, that's so powerful. So, so powerful. And I think we're always, at least for me, and I don't know if you can relate. And I, I, I believe my, <laughs> our audience can relate with this. How do you, we ha- first of all, we haven't been taught, but how do you even become aware of that kind of stuff? You've gone through a lot of training, a lot of life experience. The rest of us were like on this hamster wheel of mm-hmm. go, 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 got to pay the bills, got to pay the rent, got to, got to homeschool the kids. Like yeah. I even told my daughter, I'm, I, I, I'm behind like on two days worth of classes for this week. And I, I said, I'm so sorry. Um, and I acknowledge that, you know, mm-hmm. and it felt so good to do that. Um, and we don't always take the time because we, we, I can only say for me, but I have taken people for granted. You just kind of like, Oh, they won't be upset or, you know, how, how do you navigate? And I know that's a whole, probably another podcast on communication, but you, you, we talked about when I introduced you, mm-hmm. you had to run You were running a business, right? Mm-hmm. You have a marriage. And then you have this, this child who's, going through suicidal thoughts and and an attempt, you know, how do you, how do you be gentle with yourself? How do you love yourself and keep your business going when you're going through all that? Yeah. Well, one of the key things is we don't know what we don't know. And also, even if we do know, there's so many things when it comes to our mental health, that is just common sense. But the problem is that when we're in the the thralls of of chaos and disorientation, and let's face it, we're all disoriented. I mean, COVID has just thrown everybody. And and even though we're now, what, like eight, 10 months into this, it's Mm -hmm. still, it's disorienting. You know, Um, it's like we've all been blindfolded for the whole year. Um, But I think that one of the things that has really helped us is as Kaylee was making progress and getting better, she would then backslide and she would be so frustrated because she was making progress. And then all of a sudden it wasn't working anymore. And one of the things that we did is we sat down together and wrote out a list of the things that she knew helped her. Right. And so we now have this list. It's actually in our kitchen of it's a, we call it our daily mental health checklist. And, and so it's one of those reminders of like, make sure you're doing these things for yourself. So, you know, it's like 15 minutes of mindfulness exercises, 15 minutes of physical activity, um, making sure you do something nice for someone else. I think honestly, I, you know, when I'm working with people who are going through a difficult time, one of the things that helps them the most is when they're actually able to serve someone else. I mean, it is, it is amazing to watch them like come out of their own darkness and their own pain when they feel like, oh my gosh, I could be of service to this person. So looking for ways to help other people, um, you know, and, and even beyond that is, you know, making sure you get outside to get some fresh air. And if you can't physically go outside because of where you live and due to COVID, at least open the window if you can and breathe in the air if you can. 
Um, but, but really finding um, what are the things for you that you know bring a smile to your face or bring a sense of peace to, to your soul, right? Is it making sure that you do get time with people? Because I think you're right. It's very easy to take for granted, like, oh, I have these friends or they're not going to want to hear from me because I'm down and out, right? So do I really want to call them? Um, I'll tell you that I don't typically live with daily depression, but I have had seven distinct depressive episodes during COVID. And, um, and part of that is because I, I need to be around people. And, and so being isolated has been very difficult for me. And one of the big things that I tell people is it's okay to fake it, right? Like to, to fake being well or to fake being happy because the reality is you're not faking it. You're not, you are fighting to be well in that moment, you know? So I don't always reach out to my friends when I'm going through a difficult time. I don't reach out to them and go, Hey, I'm really depressed. Can you cheer me up? Because we really shouldn't rely on anyone else to be our source of, of happiness and joy and peace. Um, but I do think we can't be our best selves by ourselves. So we should reach out to people. Um, and for me, if I were to call someone and say, I'm really not well, you know, like cheer me up, it would actually make me feel worse. So what I will do is I'll call them and I, it's, it's almost like a distraction and a like, can, can that conversation with that person help pull me out of whatever funk I'm in? But it's just one piece of the puzzle, right? It's it's doing all the other things, the mindfulness, the physical activities, um, engaging in something that I find challenging. Um, and I think too, I want people to, to keep in mind, we have a lot of days lately when it would be easy to stay in bed. It would be so easy. And, and I think it's really easy on those days to think, my God, I am so weak. I'm so weak and I'm so pathetic. Like I just can't even get out of bed. But I've learned that those days are actually when I'm my strongest because I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to face the world. And yet I force myself to do so. So when you can like just flip the, the perspective on it and say, like, rather than seeing yourself as weak, saying, no, you know what? I'm going to show how strong I am. I'm going to show how brave I am. And I'm going to get up. I'm going to go take a shower. I'm going to make that phone call. And, and even if it's only one phone call or it's one email, you did it when everything else in you wanted to shut down. Mm-hmm. And as an entrepreneur, oh my gosh, that's, it's, that's overwhelming in itself, you know, feeling like you have the weight of the world on your shoulders. Um, and so it would be easy to get stuck in bed because it's like, how do I even start? Where do I even go? But if you can focus on, I'm going to do one email or I'm going to make one phone call. And then the energy that comes from that, it can snowball into a really positive day. I love it. Yeah. You made me think of something, a couple of things uh, that like when I was going through my deepest, darkest five years, I had a phrase to keep me going Mm -hmm. that I used when in doubt, reach out. And so I would always have a goal of, I called it my high five. I would call, I would kind of, to your point, I would force myself and I'm kind of known as an extrovert. If you couldn't tell people are like, what? You did't want to make phone calls, Lois, really? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, yeah, that's how bad it was. But Mm -hmm. I would call five people, people that I already knew, liked and trusted and just checked in. How are you? Like you said, in some ways distract myself, but at the same time, it was almost like there was that energetic universal connection. They were having a bad day too. Mm -hmm. Or, and I would totally, it wasn't like they were in my CRM. 
like I would look at my phone or I'd be like, who can I call right now? Right. And it would just be like spirit, God, universe, cosmic consciousness, right. whatever you identify with, right. Would tell me, oh, call this person. And it was weird. Like some of them would be like, you know what, Lois, I was thinking about you. Isn't <laughs> like, that crazy? They yeah. were just going to text me or something. And I was yeah. like, oh, and I'm, I'm not trying to turn this into like, um, like monetization, but, but there were times where somehow there was that, that call, even though I was looking for help in my own right, I wanted yeah. to hear another voice. Um, and this is actually, I had my own forced pandemic back in the great recession. I had my car repossessed, so I couldn't necessarily just go see anyone either. Okay. Yeah. So I, I'm sharing that. So people now can understand even just hearing a person, if you're done with zoom, don't worry, just talk to them, maybe FaceTime them. Cause you never know what they're going through. And mm -hmm. that just actually strengthens the bond that you have. And it can lead to something you, you don't even know what it could lead to, but it's, for sure. me, it's turned into a lot of great connections and deeper friendships as a result. It wasn't Absolutely. about business. Yeah. No, I, you know, I've been asked many times um, how I've been able to get to where I am today. And, you know, because while we talked about the fact that I've lost my dad to suicide, I've gone through my own issues. My daughter's gone through hers. Um, it doesn't even begin to scratch the surface of the different traumas that I experienced in my childhood um, due to the fact that the men in my mom's family were all predators. And, um, you know, and, and so in a lot of ways, I could have ended up in a very different situation. And, and so when people ask me how I've been able to get to where I am, I always say it's been the people in my life, right? It's been the people. And it's been the fact that I've been willing to take their advice or to push myself to a higher standard. So I've always tried to surround myself. And this was something my dad taught me was that we should always surround ourselves with people who will push us past our comfort zone in a healthy way, encourage us during times of self-doubt, and love us even when we feel unlovable. And we have to be willing to do that for the people around us, you know? And so, you know, for me, that's, I've been very fortunate to always have people who have done those things, that they've pushed me, they've encouraged me, and they've loved me. And and I'll say that during the pandemic, it's it's more challenging for these moments to happen, but please keep in mind that meaningful connections aren't just the conversation um, that you have with someone that you've known your whole life or that you're married to or who you know is in your family. Some of the most powerful conversations I've ever had, the most meaningful connections I've had, have come from a five minute conversation at the park or in the grocery store, you know, where someone wasn't afraid to come up and talk to me when they saw that I was struggling. So, you know, keep that in mind and, and be willing to hear what they have to say. Don't immediately become defensive. I mean, I remember at the park, my child is falling apart, right? Like it was just mortifying and it would have been really easy for this mom to come up and, and I could have taken it as she was being judgmental, right? But she didn't, she came up to me and she said, have you ever heard of sensory processing disorder? And that conversation shifted everything because I had already been looking into what is going on with my child. But all anyone would ever tell me is she's just sensitive. She's sensitive. You yeah. know, and if it hadn't been for that mom making that comment, not being afraid of how I would respond and coming to me from a place of love and concern um, and that I was able to receive it as such, it changed our whole lives. Mm. That's so powerful. I love that. Yeah. You made me think of something I've been studying empaths 
and uh, that whole sensitive people conversation. We could we could probably talk for hours. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. There's so many layers, so many mental, physical, spiritual layers of our being that um, you don't usually hear. And, and again, most doctors won't won't ask you about. So I I know that we could go on and on and on. Where can people um, get your book? Because I'm sure you talk a lot about your journey in your book, right? I do. Yep, I do. So my book is called Growing Through Grief. And it's a guide to healthy healing after losing someone to suicide. But um, while I initially wrote it specifically for people who had lost someone to suicide, it really can be applied to any grief, any loss. Um, and they can actually, uh, we, we started Growing Out of Darkness so that we could donate this book to anyone in need. So while yes, you can go on Amazon and you can buy it. And for every copy we sell, we're able to donate a copy. But um, but I know that we've got a link here that we can share with people so that if you would like to receive a copy and it is a hard copy. This is not a PDF or a digital version. This is an actual hard copy book that you'll receive in the mail. Um, and, uh, and if for some reason you missed the link, then you can go to the website growingoutofdarkness.org. There's multiple links on the website. Well, yeah, I'll be able to share it. Sorry, you broke up there for, for a second. Oh, so it's sorry. it's it's growingoutofdarkness.org. It is, yeah. Okay, cool. I'm going to actually put that up on the screen as well. And I'm going to put it in the show notes so people can have it forever. This will be in YouTube and all the mm -hmm. all of the things. But growingoutofdarkness.org, guys, go and check that out. Um, click on the, the, the form and submit your information. Thank you so much for that, that powerful powerful gift. And anything else you want to say before I ask our, our closing question that I ask on every show? Uh, no, no, we can go right into it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Awesome. And I'm super excited to hear what anybody has to say, but especially with your journey um, and what you've been through and in this current situation we are in 2020, when you hear the phrase, Jenny, healthy and wealthy and wise, what does that mean for you? What comes up for you? You know, for me, and I, I've been giving it a lot of thought, um, you had another guest on here not too long ago, um, Mark, um, um, oh my gosh, I just blinked on his last name, but he gave, an answer, yeah. Yeah, he gave an answer, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's exactly the answer I'd give. Um, but, you know, I've been giving a lot of thought to it, and I think that what I would say is it really is about having the ability to process a situation and and really understand what's going on in any situation and that we have the ability to respond to what's going on in a healthy and sympathetic, loving way that allows us really to develop who we are and develop relationships versus reacting, right? There's a big difference between responding and reacting. And so when we are able to respond, it will, one, it's, it's evident that we are healthy, wealthy, and wise, but it will continue to build that for us. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And I know it's, I love that question because everyone has their own translation of that. And, and I really appreciate you um, tuning into the past show. I know that you and Mark have great things um, yeah. ahead. You guys are connecting. So I'm so excited to have people on here, guys, with authentic stories to help you as salespeople and entrepreneurs to, you know, be able to, to grow 
and to, as Prince would say, get through this thing called life, <laughs> but mm -hmm. also, also to be able to thrive and not, not just get through it. Um, if you, if you guys really enjoyed the show again, please hit the share button, um, here on, on Facebook and, and when it comes on YouTube, please share it. It's such a powerful story. You can subscribe um, to receive all of my episodes, future episodes, and all of my past episodes are on this landing page, Healthy and Wealthy and Wise. So thank you again, Jenny, for being here um, today. Um, I, I know that holidays are coming up, so I'm going to be sharing this message over and over and over again um, because people are, are really, you know, working through a lot here in this 2020 time. And next week, guys, same time, same channel. Um, I have Debbie Rocco. She's going to be our guest. We're going to be talking about um, inner mindset, inner beauty. It's not just skin deep. So it's, it's another thing about mindset and subconscious and helping you grow and live your best life. So until next time, guys, um, here's to your best health, your best wealth, your best wisdom. Bye-bye for now. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe, refer a friend, and please drop me a rating or a review. If you do that, I'll reward you with a free 20-minute free coaching session on crafting your journey to your best self. Reach out to me at lois at loiscofi.com to claim your 20-minute slot. Until next time, be healthy, wealthy, and wise.